everybody. Welcome to the Write or Die show. I am your host, Randy Lee Bosla. On today's show, our guest is Jesus Campa, and uh, I really look forward. He's got some really cool stories to share. So thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to a great conversation. Excellent. All right, we're going to start with, just tell us about yourself. Yeah, so, um, you know, I was born and raised in El Paso, Texas, uh, which uh, borders Ciudad Juarez, Mexico. You know, Ciudad Juarez, Mexico is one of the most violent cities in the world, and El Paso just happens to be one of the safest cities in the world. So it's kind of funny really? that the border is, so, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's oh. really kind of odd. But I think a lot of that has to do with the great law enforcement that we have in, in our community. And, you know, I was, I was a proud member of, of the El Paso County Sheriff's Office for 20 years. Uh, my expertise is in law enforcement. Uh, I've been in law enforcement for 27 years. Uh, retired this December 20, uh, 2020. So, um, you know, I oh, retired. Oh, recently retired. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I'm bus more bus I'm busier than I was before. Um, you know, <laughs> running both my companies and, 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 you know, being a guest on the pod podcast and finished writing my book and stuff. So, you know, I'm married, have uh, three beautiful kids and just looking forward to that next chapter in life, see what it brings. That's awesome. So you said you had two businesses. What are they? Yeah, so uh, I own America's Best Strategic Security Group, which is a security consulting security guard service. Uh, we've been in business. Well, the consulting part's been in business for almost 20 years, uh, and then I finally oh. went ahead and incorporated back in 2017 and started offering a guard service and uh, monitoring uh, camera and alarm systems. So we do that. Then in 2018, I decided to start leading through adversity, which is a leadership development leadership development mentoring program that we have created uh, for current and future leaders that are out there that need a place to vent. Um, oh, you know, nice. when, you, when you become a when you get to the pinnacle of your career at the highest level, uh, it's hard to distinguish who is around you because they really want to be around you as opposed to how you benefit them. You know. Ah, so yeah. So we're kind of a safe haven for leaders, you know, to bounce off ideas, vet, uh, vent with us, and then vet other ideas that they have. So that's oh, what we do. Oh, nice. That is really cool. I haven't heard of another business like that where leaders yeah, can yeah. go, and especially that venting part. Yeah, we we're, we kind of we kind of found a niche that was missing, and uh, I know that you know when I got uh, you know I've been a chief of police twice and a state director, and I know that when I got to the top. Uh, I couldn't distinguish who my friends were. Even you know when I became the chief deputy in in El Paso County, um, you'd be surprised how fast you you lose friends and how fast you gain new ones who are. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's almost like when you win that million dollars, all of a sudden you've got family that you never knew you had. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, hey, I've always stood right there with you. I'm like, who are you? Like you are the you're the guy who criticizes me the most. Yes. Okay. So there's actually this song that I really, really love that goes along with that whole idea of you don't know who your friends are once you make it to the top. So it's by Jesse J and it's Who's Laughing Now. And in it she talks about the the high school kids that are coming. They're like, Oh, how, hey, I got pictures of us from high school. Isn't that awesome? And she's like, No, you used to make fun of me. Yeah, but yeah, love that song. Love it so much. It, it it's perfect song for what what we were just talking about. Absolutely, exactly. I've, so everybody, I've, everybody, go listen to it. Jesse J, who's laughing now, it's great. 
Um, okay, so continue. So what else about yourself? Yeah, so, you know, and I'm sorry, you said that, and, and I just triggered another song, you know, and, and I'm not really big uh, into country. Oh, I love country. You know, uh, and that's funny because I'm not a country fan anymore. I used to be, okay. then it started, and then it started sounding like my life, and this was my previous marriage many years ago. Mm. But but that country song, How Do You Like Me Now, that yes. song is, is yes. also perfect for that. But anyway. That's really good. Uh, so, yeah, so we got Leading Through Adversity, uh, America's Best Strategic Security Group. You know, we, we got a new book that's coming out. Well, my new, my first book coming out here in July. Woo! Uh, yeah, Unmasking Leadership, But They Don't Tell You. It, it's kind of a little bit of a dark side, angry book about leadership because there's a lot of things that that people don't tell you about when you take on a leadership role. Yes, you know, uh, that's so of, true. Uh, there's a lot of things that you uncover and you, and you find out and then you wonder why there is such a lack of um, qualified leaders in the world because nobody really wants to do it because everybody forgot to tell you all this other stuff. Yeah. So, so we got that coming out in July, um, you know, um, March of 2022, I'll graduate with my PhD in criminal justice. So I'm excited. Woo! About that. So I told, yes, I told you I'm retired, but it seems like I'm busier than ever. <laughs> yes. Well, you know what? You're retired from your law enforcement career. You're not yes. retired from life. That's true. And I, I, I hope never to be retired from life. No, no. Then what's the point at that, right? Okay. So I have to ask, because if not, it's just going to bug me the entire interview long. Tell me about what is behind you. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, um, is actually when I was the chief of police in a um, in an East Texas city uh, that she, that department was in a lot of turmoil. It was it's in a community that was that's very racially divided, and uh, I was brought in to be a change agent. I, I kind of joke about it because I say that you know they they couldn't hire another Caucasian male at the time because of some incidents that occurred, and they, they were not going to hire by any means an African American. So they kind of settled for this little caramel Mexican guy uh, to come in and, 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 and try to rearrange things. So, you know, I came in and that, that, that there right at there is actually two years. Um, I got the organization um, certified and recognized as a best practices agency, uh, law enforcement wow. agency. The state. So that was just an accomplishment award that we got and my degrees are all over the place. But this... Uh, yes. This is my Lucha Libre wrestling mask collection. And I actually, back in, uh, from 2000 to 2010, uh, while I was still a law enforcement officer, I also owned a independent Lucha Libre wrestling association. Oh my and, goodness, that's so cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was awesome. It was, it was, ten, it was some of the funnest times of my life. And that mask there with the crossbones is the mask that I used to wear in the ring when I, when I wrestled. Um, <laughs> So, and then these are just a collection of, these were other creations that we developed, you know, you know, wrestling, it's, it's, it's drama, it's stage. So we developed a lot of our own characters and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and that's just some memorabilia of, of some of the happiest times of my life. You know? That is fantastic. That is so much fun. Yeah. I, I kept looking and I'm like, Hey, I just, I have to ask or else the entire interview, I'm just going to be totally distracted. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> so. and I'll move the camera a little bit and then you'll see the other uh, couple of Ooh, the other. Oh, nice. Too, so. Very so, cool. 
yeah, those were my favorite characters that, that we developed and uh, yeah. we're excited with that. Awesome, well, very cool. All right, so now let's get into the meat of the, the interview, Ooh. mental health. All right, tell us what kind of mental health have you dealt with? Well, you know, being in law enforcement for 27 years, uh, the majority of our issues are related to mental health. You know, uh, mental health is something that for some strange reason has never, up until recently, never was never taken serious. I mean, they knew there was a problem, but the solution to fixing mental health was locking people up in an insane asylum when, when, when you yeah. know, back in the old days, you know, and then when the insane asylums were deemed inhumane and they closed, and then the solution was, well, just throw them out there in, in, in the free world without any help, no diagnostics, no anything. Yeah. And, and if you were, and it's funny because we refer to it now as mental health, but you know, 20 years ago, we were not we, but people in general were referring to, ah, they're just crazy. They're nuts. You know, they're, it's true. They're, yeah. You know, but what people don't realize is that <laughs> every individual out there on God's green earth suffers from some sort of mental health episode once in their life at least yeah I mean, you were the second guest to say that well i mean it's true i mean yeah. if you think about it you know sometimes you feel depressed this morning i told what did i tell you this morning i said god it feels like monday yes. my, my, ment my mental health is already kind of deteriorating because it's just like oh my god you know this is just and and that's just for today right so being in law enforcement we see a lot of mental health issues and, and one of the biggest arguments that we had was we were always you know, right now, law enforcement is in crisis because they're criticized for not knowing how to handle mental health issues, excessive use of violence, and this isn't that. Well, law enforcement was never created to deal with mental health issues. That's not it's the true. purpose of law enforcement. Yeah. So, you know, um, back in 2011 or 12, my sheriff at the time decided that he was going to uh, certify all peace officers in his organization as mental health peace officers. Oh, that's and, so uh, good. Yeah, it is. It, it's a great idea. And, and I, the class was really exciting. And, and, and we learned a whole lot of things. But you're talking about a 40 hour class. Yeah, it's, it's not so enough, it's, but it's something. You know, so now you want me to be an expert in mental health in 40 hours. Yeah. And, and people don't seem to understand that that's not our function, you know, while well, it helped our organization be able to de-escalate and handle mental health issues in a lot better situation. We were still at the crossroads because we really couldn't, we weren't qualified. And then mm -hmm. once we dealt with the situation, we would end up arresting the individual. And then when there was no beds at the mental health hospital or anything like that. So what did we have to do? We had to lock them up in jail and yeah. nobody in jail is qualified to handle mental health issues either. So what did we do? We just medicated the problem. Yeah. And then by the time that a, by, by the time a bed became available, they were being released and you start the whole cycle again, right? Yeah. And then the other thing about mental health that we deal with in law enforcement is that a lot of people forget, you know, and, and officers themselves, you know, they think that they put a badge and a gun on and all of a sudden they're supermen and they don't suffer from any mental health issues. Oh, exactly. And uh, we, as the leadership of law enforcement have done a terrible job of providing uh, counseling and guidance to our officers to help them guide through the mental health issues that they have. I mean, you know, we see the worst of the worst on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you can go from, you know, saving a, a child's life who happens to be choking to the next call, a, a major motor vehicle accident where several people are, 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 are you know, end up 
dying. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the night, when you're finally unwinding, getting ready to go home, you get that one call of a suicide in progress. When you show up, the person ends up, you know, shooting themselves in, right in front of you. And you're like, ah. oh my but goodness, I couldn't <laughs> even imagine that. But we don't have any, we don't have any type of counseling. Let me rephrase that. For the longest time, there wasn't any type of counseling or grieving process. You know, law enforcement has come a long way and we've done that, especially in my old agency where I used to work, you know, that's something that we implemented and stuff like that. And then of course, you have the old school mentality police chief or police administration who's like, well, in my day, when I was in Vietnam, I saw this and happened, I'm fine. I don't got no PTSD. Tough up, man up, get out there. Yeah, um, it's, it's true. So, so yeah, so mental health uh, in law enforcement and, and the things that I've seen and, and not to mention, you know, my own mental health. I mean, like I said, you know, uh, I tend to be somewhat of, um, of an introvert. You know, I, I, I prefer, <laughs> and this sounds so wrong, it's not how I mean it, but I, I prefer my own company at times and then at times I can't stand myself, you know? Yeah, oops, uh, I get that. So, <laughs> so you know, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that I've never had mental health episode. I mean, I've suffered from depression. I've suffered from anxiety. I mean, every time I was up for a promotion, I mean, talk about the anxiety that's going there, you know, uh, yeah. knowing that, that you beat out 42 individuals and now you're in the top two and, oh my God, am I going to get this job? And if I do get this job, what the heck am I going to do? How am I going to fix it? And the anxiety just kicks in, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that we can do a lot better of handling mental health issues if we all just realize that we all suffer from mental health and how important it is. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. So let's talk about when you would be in a depressive state. What did that feel like? It felt horrible. <laughs> you know? yeah. It, it, it really would. Uh, because, you know, and the funny thing is, is that sometimes I had no reason to be depressed. You know, there was no reason for me to feel the way I was feeling but I couldn't stop feeling that way, you know, and, and the harder I tried to understand why I was feeling that way, the worse I felt because now it's like, I can't even understand how I feel. Oh my God, what a loser, you know? And, yeah. and, and, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't till, you know, several years ago when you finally realize that, you know, sometimes, sometimes there's things that you can do to deal with that. Yeah. And there's sometimes that you can't do anything about it. Just let the episode pass. And and the important thing is understanding your your triggers. You know, mm -hmm. your triggers. And, and when you know, you know, a certain smell, a, a certain you, you drive by a certain place, or or you see a certain person, or a certain memory comes back. That's when you know it's like okay, you know, this is about to happen. I'm yep. gonna start feeling this way, and it's gonna be okay because it'll pass in a few hours. I yeah. gotta go to the I gotta go to the gym or I gotta go stuff my face with a Big Mac because that makes me feel better. I got you know, well. I, I don't I, condone I, that. No, no, I, I don't either. Even though um, I'm, now that I said that, I'm craving a Big Mac. Um, <laughs> but but you you gotta you know you gotta understand yourself and then you gotta find yourself some outlets. One of the main reasons why I decided to write a book. Yeah, that's how I got started too. With my first book in 2017, I took all of the poetry that I wrote when I was in depressive states and I put them in a book. And go. then I went, oh, this is a lot of fun. You get hooked, right? And you're like, oh, I'm just gonna keep writing. 
and it's funny that you say that, you know, it's, uh, you know, we, we just, we're, we're in the, you know, we, 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 the book is in the final editing stage, you know, we've already picked our cover, we know yep. what our release date's going to be, um, and it seems that the more I read it, the more changes I want to make, you know. It's true, sometimes you just need so. to stop reading mm -hmm. it, let somebody else do small edits, but you just, you have to let it go. Yeah, but you know, we haven't even, we have, it hasn't even been published yet, and I'm already, I've already got an idea for my second and third book, you know, the, the second yeah. book's going to be easy, because I'm just going to take my dissertation for my PhD oh, and publish okay. that into a book, so. Oh, well, that's yeah. good, that's, that's easy peasy. Yeah, well, you know, I, I still have a year to write the damn PhD the dissertation. So, <laughs> <laughs> and what is it going to be about if you're allowed to share? Yeah, no. So my dissertation is um, uh, issues and fact issues and factors affecting small rural law enforcement agencies in implementing a 21st century policing model. Oh my God, that's a mouthful. That is a mouthful. Yes, of um, course. But you're we'll writing it, not me. We'll shorten the title for the book. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things is the 21st century policing and law enforcement is very important. However, its whole function and focus was on implementing it in large agencies. Mm. You know, how do you take the seven pillars of 21st century policing and implement it into a police agency that has a staff of five? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're bouncing from call to call. So how do you do the community service meetings? How do you do the interacting with the community as opposed to how do you how do you become proactive when you're reactive? It's so, true, yeah. You know, and nobody focused on that. So we're kind of looking at the at the factors that have impacted. Now, don't get me wrong, there's some rural police agencies that have top-notch 21st century policing models because they are so dependent on the community that they have no other choice than to deal with the community in a certain manner and yeah. that's a perfect example yeah? yeah that's fantastic i'm actually writing the history of crime stoppers in niagara specifically right like i know it started in albuquerque or whatever mm -hmm. and such a big component of that organization is community right so it's kind of that that perfect example of what you're saying is that Nowadays, you have to interact with the community. We're there. And community is huge now, not just like when I first think of the word community, I think of literally where I live and the houses and the people there, but it's also the social media aspect of it, which is blowing up. Yeah, you know, social media is a, is a double-edged sword for me. I've got, I've got I, while I like it because it helps generate and push my business, it's helped me get a message out when I was the police chief and in the areas that I was, it helped me get a message out. But social media has also impacted people's mental health to the point of yeah. the breaking point of the boiling point. Yeah. You know, there's so many people out there with such negative vibes and such cruel intentions that they're just looking nothing, looking out to do nothing but cause other people damage and harm, you know, whether it's, it's their reputation the or anything like that. Yeah, the trolls, you know, the keyboard warriors who, you know, once you run into them face to face, uh, they're like, hey, I'm your biggest supporter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was an episode of a show. Um, I don't remember what it was. It was on Netflix. I know that. And there was an episode of a show that I think it was Superstore, actually. And somebody was writing reviews about how horrible this store is. And so the manager has them come in and treats them to lunch and they all, you know, all buddy, buddy. And then he goes and writes another bad review. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I've been there. I've, uh, 
you know, I had a, I had a, I had a, a, a news reporter who writes for a blog newspaper, which I don't consider real, um, a real source. Um, you know, he came to me on the premise of writing a story that was going to help counterbalance some of the negative things that were being said about me and gave me an opportunity to tell my side of the story. So, you know, he said, you know, here's the things that they're saying about you. And I, and I was able to provide him concrete proof to say that, look, this, this, this never happened. Okay. <laughs> There's no truth to it. There's no validity to it. This is who I am and this is what I am. And he's all like, hey, man, that is awesome. You know, thank you. You're so right. You know, you're, you know these people have you misunderstood. So what did he do? He went off and, and wrote a and wrote a paper that made me even look even more worse than what uh, was already out there. And I was like, wow. Dude, really, come on. I was like, I was like, you know, it, it, it was funny, though, because he kind of says, well, he provided us concrete evidence that what is being said about him is false. We still must be suspicious about Oh my goodness. Yeah. So in, in, in my book, you know, one of the chapters is about perspective and we talk about perspective and how no matter what you do, you know, 10% of reality is reality and 90% of reality mm -hmm. is perception. It doesn't I've definitely matter. talked a lot of perception in these interviews. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter what you say, what you do. If people just don't like you, they just don't like you. And another way They'll to find your, reasons. Yeah. You know, another way to deal with the mental health is to just realize that listening to the noise is one thing, but hearing the noise is a totally separate thing. It's true. Yeah, people don't often distinguish the difference between listening and hearing. And I'll say it to, to the, my kid all the time. Are you listening to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but are you actually hearing what I'm saying right now? Because yep. <laughs> exactly. you're not doing what I'm telling you to do. So you're clearly exactly. not hearing it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think we just, we live in a society to where, unfortunately unfor and unfortunately, we've gotten to the point where the, you know what, I just don't care what you have to think attitude is starting to prevail because that's the only yeah. way that we can defend ourselves. I was like, you know what, say what you're going to say because you're going to say it regardless. So mm -hmm. knock yourself out. I don't care. And I'm going to go in this direction and you got to keep yeah. moving forward. Yeah. yeah. And that's a, one of the big reasons for this show, right, is I want to you know, talk to other people and show the world that there's support out there. There, there's things that you can do to help yourself, and there's positivity still. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, and it, it's it's kind of funny because you know, my wife was reading the book the other day, and she's all like, "I understand what you're saying, and everything you're saying is true, and it's got a positive tone, but but it comes across as you being very angry," and I'm like. Well, that's because I am. <laughs> I, I mean, what do you want me to tell you? It's like, I'm angry because of the way you're forcing me to have to be. You know, you're forcing me to defend myself in a certain manner. You're forcing me to take certain actions. You know, it's really hard for a person of my nature. You know, I'm, my leadership style is, 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 is being a servant leader, being a team coaching, visionary type of leader. Yet people you know, are so, are so um, short with their ability to see vision, they have short sightedness that they can never comprehend what the big picture is. So they'll do everything they can in their power to fight the growth of that vision. And yeah. that's why the country is in the mess that it's in now, you know? It's true, yeah. All right, so 
when you're in your low stage, your depressive stage or super anxious, what are some strategies that you use to help yourself get up other than eating a Big Mac? Yeah. Well, you know, the funny thing is I eat the Big Mac and I feel great for like 10 minutes and then I feel horrible for eating it because I've always struggled with my weight. You know, I, I, I fluctuate. I either look really fantastic in great shape or I yeah. look like the balloon that I look like right now. Uh, you know, and, and this is 20 pounds lighter than what I was three months ago, you know. Mm. Uh, so I still got a long way to go. Yeah. But, you should listen to Teresa's episode because her episode is all about um, food addiction and stuff. Not, I have no idea if you have food addiction, but it's that concept, right? Well, you know, I'm a foodie. I don't have a food addiction, but I just love food. And I don't know when to stop. So I guess it is an addiction, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, listen but, to Teresa's episode. It's right. Insightful. I'm going to do that. Uh, so what do I do is I've created this thing called Do the Seven. And, okay. you know, a, a lot of people have their 12-step program, seven-step program, five. This is, I do the seven. And basically, you know, like sometimes, you know, I'll be driving in my car and all of a sudden something triggers and I realize it. Uh, here we go. Here, I'm going to start thinking about this and I don't want to think about this. So we do the seven. It's a lot easier to do when you're driving, you know, or when you're out and about. Because the next thing I do is I start concentrating on finding seven different colors, identifying okay. seven different smells, uh, counting to seven, you know, zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then counting backwards, you know, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. And then counting to seven by even and odd numbers. And by the time, before you know it, by the time you've gone through the whole doing the seven process, it's kind of just passed and you've already forgotten that you were even thinking about that. That um, is really neat. You could make a real short book on that one. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's that's in the works. It's called Doing the oh, Seven. Okay. Yeah, nice. so thank you. And, <laughs> you're and, welcome. Uh, one of the things that we do is, you know, my favorite one is is, is as you're driving is identifying, because it's easy to do, Yeah. identify seven colors, you know, so mm -hmm. as you're driving, oh, red car, white car, blue car, green car. And, yeah. and then sometimes, you know, it gets a little harder because you're like, man, I didn't realize how many red, white, and blue cars they are. Oh, <laughs> and, you know, so it just, it just shifts your focus and allows you to concentrate on something else. Yeah. And that's really important because it's changing your perspective mm -hmm. on the situation, changing the well, focus. Well, you know, if you change your perspective, you change your reality. Exactly. That's why it's so important. Sure. What would you tell somebody right now who is struggling with their own mental health? You're not alone. You're not alone. Uh, regardless, you know, I, I know that a lot of the times when you go into your depression or your, your mental state, the, the, the episode that you're acquiring, you know, you're impacted by, it, it, it makes you feel like you're alone because nobody understands it. Yeah. Um, but but you're not. You know, one of the things that I, I've kind of self-diagnosed myself is with high functional anxiety. Um, you know, everybody's like, man, this guy's you know on top of his game. He he he's going 100 miles a minute. You know, he's got 50 projects at one time. It's like, yeah, you don't understand what the hell is going on inside. You yeah, know? exactly. So, you know, and um, you know, it's one of the reasons. You know, I know when the anxiety starts kicking in, is you know, as, as you as you can tell by looking at me on the camera, you know, I, I start fidgeting, I start looking up, and I'm just trying to, you know, because now it's like as as we're talking, I'm thinking of the other 600 things I still have to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so I got to kind of refocus, you know, yes. but you're not alone, you know, you're not alone and don't be afraid to talk about it. And if you feel like you're alone and there's nobody to talk to, 
And I used to think this was the dumbest thing ever till I started writing a book and realized yeah. what a great outlet it was, is, is start journaling, you know, yeah. uh, journal your experience and learn from it. And, and that's, that's the best advice that I can give anybody. And then of course, you know, if, if none of that is working, then you do need to seek uh, medical advice and, and see yeah. what, if there's a bigger picture than that. Awesome. Thanks. So where can people, and I know it's, it's not quite published yet, but when it is published, where can people find your book? Yeah. So one of the cool things is that, you know, we're, we're doing pre-sales now and we've had, oh, okay. we have had, I was actually kind of shocked at the amount of uh, pre-sales that we have. Um, you know, I've been in law enforcement 27 years and it's nice to understand that a lot of people have actually heard what I've had to say. Uh, you know, because they're actually purchasing the book. Some of the people I recognize and some of the names I don't recognize. Um, but uh, you can purchase the book pre-sale for only $16. That includes shipping and handling. And it includes, oh. it, it's a hardcover, it's a, it's a hard, uh, hardcover book. And it will be signed by me uh, for $16.20. Uh, you can find that at, uh, yeah, you can find that at jesusericampa.com or leadingthroughadversity.com. Um, the book will be launched uh, July 4th on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, uh, Booksy, and all the other platforms where you would be able to purchase it. Um, I think the paperback is uh, $15 and the hard copy is 25 or something to that effect. But okay. if you pre-order it, you'll, you'll, you'll save a little bit of money and you'll get an autographed copy. Nice. So I will be putting those links in the description below so make sure that you check them out and are you on social media where can people follow you yeah so hit us up at, at uh, leading through it it's leading underscore through underscore adversity underscore um but i'm sure if you just type in leading through adversity you'll pop it up but it's us underscore 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 so we're on instagram there uh on twitter we're leading through adversity at leading through adversity on linkedin you can find us at Leading Through Adversity or at Jesus uh, Campa. Uh, Facebook, not a real big fan of Facebook. Oh, really? Uh, See, I'm not a fan I, of Twitter. Well, yeah, I'm not a fan of Twitter either because I don't understand it. We use it, but I don't understand it. Um, and Facebook, it's, you know, in the last four years, well, the last, yeah, the last four years and this last year during the election, it just got so political and there was so much political mm. trash and garbage that. Yeah, see, I look for cat videos and cat comments well you know and that's the funny thing is is that that's that's what i would like to look at but because of the nature of my business and you know since mark Zuckerberg is always listening um you know you you know you're you're in certain meetings and certain words are said so it's you true get, yeah you you start you're like man i don't want to see this yes, that's why i keep uh, saying animal videos animals right <laughs> so and you know what i do love is tiktok tiktok is awesome so we're oh at, my goodness okay TikTok. I know I, I don't try to do self-promotion on these. It's all about my guests, but it's not really about me. It's about my animals. So I have a TikTok that if you want to see my adorable animals do their little whatever they do, um, follow me at, at Fred Daff and the Gang. So I'll, I'll put that okay. Fred Daff and the Gang. I'll put the link in the description below and I'm going to send you an email with it if you like TikTok. Awesome. Because yeah, yeah, I do. All I ever post is videos of my animals on that. <laughs> right. So, so you know, we, we've got our TikTok at Leading Through Adversity, and we're trying to grow that. Uh, and it's, you know, 
more about leadership videos and we're going to start posting it's about the book <laughs> now now i'm also trying to grow my personal one and oh. for some strange reason i was i was against tiktok when it first came out just because i thought i thought it was a younger generational thing you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so my daughter created me a tiktok and for some strange reason she named it my name's not even Pancho, but she named it at Pancho's mom. And All right. I was like, okay. And now that I got into TikTok, I just like it. And I just kept That's it. Fun. So at Pancho's mom. All and right. there, I'll follow and, you, you follow me. Yes. And there you will see my Yorkie doing some <gasps> of the weirdest things ever. Yes. We're going to add that in the description below too, because I mean, who doesn't love animal videos? Like really? Right? Especially when they're silly. Exactly. They're the best. I could talk about animal videos all day long because I love them, but we do have to start wrapping up. So yeah, look for the descriptions, um, the links in the description below. Make sure that you follow Jesus, make sure that, you know, you show him some love and when the book is actually, you don't even have to wait till the book's available, hit up the pre-sale. Yep. Why wouldn't you want to have an autographed copy and save a little bit of cash? I a do. little bit of cash, right? right. That's all. Yeah. That's the end of the game. Save a little bit of cash. Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> any last, any things for the show? Well, you know, and, and it's funny because I like to be positive, okay? Yes. And, and, and believe me, I've seen a lot of negativity in my life and it, it kind of wore off on me. But, but two things, you know, the one thing I, I want to say on the positive side is, you know, keep moving forward. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't accomplish what you, what your dreams are. And the only reason they tell you that is because they can't accomplish it themselves. Yeah. But the second piece of advice that I have is don't ever let the same snake bite you twice. Oh, that's so a nice one. As you continue to move forward, you can forgive, just don't forget. There you go. I love that. So thank you so, so much for being on the show and sharing um, not just okay. about mental health, but all about the really cool things that you've done. Um, and I look forward to seeing your puppy on TikTok. Yes, she so, is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. That was such a fun interview. I cannot wait to see his puppy. I'm totally going to follow him on TikTok and everybody should follow him on TikTok. I mean, who doesn't like cute animals? Um, and just take his advice, right? Keep moving forward. You just got to keep pushing through it um, and seek out help when you need it, right? You're not alone. Remember that the only way to end the stigma of mental health is to speak openly and honestly about it. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button, follow along, share these videos out, and I'll see everybody in the next episode. Bye! I'm getting tangled. Bye!